Hey, everybody, it's Sarah, and it's Super Week. I know, weird, right? It doesn't feel like Super Week, partly because I'm in my closet instead of somewhere warm partying. But anyway, it is Super Week, believe it or not. And you know the ladies on First Take, Her Take are going to bring it every week. Charlie Arnold, Kimberly Martin, Chineo Gumake, discussing and debating the biggest sports stories and delving into topics about their lives and culture. You can subscribe, rate, and review First Take, Her Take wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain, a podcast about, well, whatever the hell I want. Actors and musicians, athletes, comedians, neuroscientists, wine experts. If I find somebody interesting, I'm bringing them to you. We'll talk about how they became who they are, how they found success, battled failures, and how they ended up here talking to me. What's going on? My name is Matt James, and my dilemma is my stomach hurts. (laughs) Do we have any guesses as to why? Uh too much sugar i have uh i probably ate three packs of the squishy lightsabers yeah uh, the tropical original and sour and um (laughs) that probably wasn't a good idea okay well i mean my solution to this would be pretty much what the internet would tell you if you try to you ever self-diagnose by typing in your symptoms and then finding out you're about to die anyway i would say just drink a lot of water maybe some some tums or some pepto-bismol and then you're just probably gonna have to wait it out Uh, But the good news is that you seem to have figured out the root cause of the dilemma, which is the most important part here in preventing future tummy aches. A little less sugar, Matt. Maybe mix in a vegetable or two. Uh, Then again, based on the shirtless scenes in the show so far, my guess is you've figured out that whole diet workout thing for yourself. So uh, whatever amount of candy you need, just watch out for the tummy aches. That's what she said. This week's guest is Matt James. He's currently The Bachelor on the show of the same name on ABC. He is the first black bachelor, biracial, identifies as black, and he studied economics at Wake Forest, where he met his BFF and former bachelorette standout, Tyler Cameron. They were on the football team together, and you may have heard Tyler here on the podcast a few months ago. He'll make a brief appearance today as we reflect on a crazy story from that podcast. Uh, I talked to Matt about a bunch of stuff, getting tips from Tyler before starting the show, the challenges and the odd benefits of trying to find love in such a unique way on a television show. Why no one ever eats their meals on the show? Uh, Queen Victoria, Uh, Queen Victoria, her finally getting the boot and making my life better. Uh, and more. He was fantastic. He was super genuine and easygoing. I have to admit that these things happen in these very regimented blocks. Time is super limited. And so I basically hopped on, hey, Matt, all right, let's go. And he, hey, sir, okay. And he couldn't have been cooler about just jumping in and trying to be honest, answering the questions and and who knows how many interviews he did today, but uh, seemed like a very cool dude. And, uh, you know, I also wanted to say there was a lot of questions I would love to ask him about um, how they found Victoria. Like, did they do a bunch of auditions for actresses? Were they trying to make her seem a little bit overwritten, much like whoever wrote the screenplay for 2020? Was she supposed to sort of be over the top to the point of totally unbelievable as a real human being? Those are questions we all have. I didn't ask them because for one, I know he can't answer that. And it's unnecessary to make the poor guy uncomfortable while he tries to remember what he's been told that he's allowed to say about Victoria et al. But also because I am a loyal Bachelor viewer. I have watched every season except for inexplicably Lorenzo Borghese's, which as it turns out, someone that I know now was on that season. So it's weird that the only one I never saw is one that I have an acquaintance uh, that was on. But but the point is that I've I've watched it forever and I don't want the mystery to go away. 
there's tons of interviews lately about the producers meddling. And there's former cast members and stars of the show that say that they didn't know if it was a real accurate process because of the meddling or because of the twists and turns that the producers take to cause extra drama, rather that's bringing someone's dad, flying them to somewhere in the middle of the world to, to interrupt and ask them if they're doing the right thing and making the right choice, whether that's bringing in contestants from other seasons and seeing if they can kind of mix things up. I get it. I bet that there's probably a lot of media manipulation happening, but I don't want to know about it. I just want to watch people very awkwardly try to find love. And I want to see what people think is appealing, which is often not. And I want to see what people find appealing, which is often not what I find appealing. I just like to really let myself be a hopeless romantic and believe that these people are just overwhelmed by this falling in love process and that they're going to make it. And asking too many questions, especially ones he's not allowed to answer, just seemed kind of silly to me. So I apologize. I'll never be Perez Hilton. I'll never be Reality Steve. I'll never be a TMZ camera person. I, I'm just not mean enough to dig that much <laughs> for things that I know someone's not supposed to talk about in the hopes that they'll accidentally say something and then it will blow up. And that's why I'll never make the big bucks, guys. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed the interview anyway. I thought it was really fun. And he seems great. And you're going to like it. That's what she said. So how has it been watching the episodes and hearing from your friends and family and, and fans on social media? Uh, you try to you try to keep it to friends and family, because if you if you open it up to the broader Internet, then you're just going to uh, get ripped to shreds. And, and I already have my mom sending me gifts and memes of myself, so I don't need any more memes of me and my eyes open anymore. So I uh, I, I, I kind of tune out my mom, too. <laughs> it's funny. I actually use The Bachelor as an example all the time when I'm talking to people about how if you're in the world, you kind of just get to grow a thicker skin. You're not that famous. Only a couple people are telling you how terrible you are. And then over the years, you're used to it. <laughs> the Bachelor is the one that I always use where I'm like the next day, all of a sudden, every millions of people are up in your menchies, like just oh telling you God. all the worst things about you you'd never thought of. Yeah. You kind of knew what was coming though, right? Because of Tyler, your, your your best friend, Tyler Cameron, who was a contestant on The Bachelorette. I'm sure just being around him during that taught you a little bit about it. Yeah, I saw the way that he navigated everything, whether it was good or bad. Um, he kind of experienced everything through his experience that uh, uh, not only being on The Bachelorette, but post Bachelorette and not being with Hannah and just everything that comes with that territory. So uh, having that and him as a sounding board has been so helpful. Yeah. What kind of tips did he give you? You guys met back at Wake Forest on the football team. Um, I imagine you sat down with him and beyond the obvious, follow your heart and be open and be vulnerable. He gave you some like really useful things to start with. Uh, the most useful stuff I, I took away from Tyler was just seeing how he lived his life after the show. Um, you're under a microscope and everything that you say and do is going to be hyper analyzed. If it's like in a picture on Instagram, if it's retweeting something, you just got to be super aware because that's the world we live in now. Um, but <clears throat> he just told me to be a good person, you know, and I know that's like the most basic thing, but when you take that approach to every situation, even when, when you're sending women home, it's like trying to be as graceful as you can because they're humans they're someone's daughters and, um, you want to show grace because you're going to need it eventually. And that's kind of the approach I try to take. He came on this podcast and he was extremely genuine, like a very real person. I think that's why people uh, gravitate to him, especially on a show like this, where honestly, I've been watching it 
since it started, which is, you know, mildly embarrassing, but also like I'm, it's pretty common. I think most people I skipped <laughs> I skipped Prince Lorenzo's season. Not sure why, but that's the only one I missed. <laughs> but um, to watch sort of the difference in people showing up with this very hopeful and genuine desire to find love to now where there are certainly people doing that. But there are also absolutely people looking to get those great Instagram sponsorship deals that makes things even more complicated for you. So especially like in the real world, I feel like a lot of times yeah, men and women pursue each other. But when you get to the nitty gritty, it's really about the man deciding, I want to settle down and I'm going to keep pursuing this woman until this sort of like feels like it's our thing and we're, we're in it together. On this Bachelor show, it's like women beating you to the punch with, I'm falling in love with you. Let's start a family. Let's live together. Do you have to reset the way that you react to that? Because it's not like dating in real life at all in terms of those cues and how you might react to them. You know, Sarah, there, there's a really good, I'm going to say this, when you take out your cell phone, your computer, your family, your friends, the internet, electronics, and you really focus on your relationship with that person that you're pursuing, special things can happen. And it's hard to speak to that when you haven't been put in that situation. And I was a skeptic myself, but when you're able to solely focus on your relationship with these women and address things in your past that have kept you from being in a position that you wouldn't need to go uh, and do something like this to find someone to be with. Uh, it, it, it allows you to really open up not only to your, to these women, but open up yourself and, and figure out how you can best connect with the women. And for me, that was being as present as possible and, uh, I was only allowed to be that present because I didn't have my phone. Like I'm tied right. to my phone, like, like all of us are. And I can't say that it's something that I would have expected because again, not having done something like this, it's hard to, to, to have those, to think that you could have those feelings that quickly. But again, we'll see next week when Tyler comes, I had that same conversation. Yeah. With <laughs> like, am I crazy to be feeling this right now? Right. Right. Same, same conversation with Ben Higgins and, uh, it's the only thing to think about. Like you said, you're not going to work. You're not hanging out with friends. You're not going on dates with other people, just the people there, which to be fair in everyday life, there's plenty of games being played and there's plenty of distractions because you could start dating someone and not know if they're dating other people or not know what else is going on in their life. But on this show, the drama is sort of the point, right? So it's a balance between, I think, a genuine desire to find people who fit because the show doesn't last this long if it never works out. So right. they need people to actually fall in love and get married and prove the point of it working. But they right. also really need some bitches to be crazy. And they really <laughs> need some dudes to fight each other. Like they, they got to do that. That's why they always have foxy boxing. And that's why they always make men wrestle and play football. But I, I wonder for you in, in the moment, this season, they got really crazy with it. And they were like, yeah, let's create some us versus them dynamics with the new women and the old women. Let's bring in a, a girl from a previous cast mid-season when everything feels settled. So for you, you understand the drama is necessary. But how difficult does it make it for you to actually know the women? Because every year it feels like there are more cocktail parties canceled. Every year they're like, we're going to keep dropping this on them every time they think they finally get to talk to it. That's again a great question, and it's it it really comes back to intentionality. You don't know how much time you're going to get with these women because you could have someone crash the cocktail party from another season, and 
that is going to take precedent over a conversation someone's been waiting to have with you for a week. And all you're going to have to, to hang your hat on is the last conversation you had. And if it was about Cheetos and it was, it was about <laughs> Oreos, it, it's love both those things, but that's probably not going to get us closer to, to figuring out if we're compatible with one another. Uh, it, it forces everybody to be super intentional with their time, their thoughts, their words, and it forced me to do the same. So uh, you find ways to combat it. You became the first black bachelor. You're biracial. You identify as black. And, and that happened in a really interesting time in our country. Um, I always wonder, because there was a pretty notable moment for one of the previous bachelorettes, Becca, where she comes out of the experience with her fiance and finds out that he's liked a bunch of social media posts that are very opposite of her own political leanings. How much conversation do you have with women to find out the things that you might get cues on? in everyday life, but you have no context for when you're stuck in a house with them. I think that you can pick up on those things as your relationship progresses with somebody. It's not the first thing that you ask. Uh, it's not the it would be thing the that first you... thing that I would ask. It would, it, it, yeah, I would just, it'd be the first thing. I'd just like throw it out there and be like, oh really? Okay, see you later. You know what? <laughs> it, it doesn't make for great TV for what they're looking for. True. So, so the conversation- Oh, I would have... never be selected, Matt. I just, no, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not what they're looking for. But yeah, I'm also married, yeah. so that's a problem, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good problem to have though. Yes, yes. Um, I, the conversations that you want to have are, are more so the ones that you have off camera, just because people are more so interested in when's the first time you've fallen in love? What's right. the, you know what I mean? The things that, that I care about and, and, and are important to me are more so the conversations that you have in the fantasy suite, you have in a, you know, a, a setting that is going to allow for you to really elaborate on answers and for someone to be comfortable because, uh, some people aren't comfortable having those conversations. You just try to gauge it. I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable when I'm having these conversations, but you can never prepare for, as, as you saw last episode, how someone's going to react to something and, and what. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Victoria because now that she's out, you can just be totally honest and you don't <laughs> have to say any more that you thought she was great. Let's start with the obvious, which is how difficult is it for your interactions with someone to be completely different than their interactions in the house and when you're not around? Because I would be incredibly frustrated to, after the fact, see someone treat other people that way and be like, oh, man, I was telling everyone that she was great and I liked her a lot. And that's not who she was. Yeah, it's tough, Sarah. It's I mean, you have to remind yourself that you're going through this linear and you're not parallel. You're not seeing what's happening at the house. So all you can do is make uh, the right decision when that that information is made available to you. And, uh, you know, when Katie brought that to my attention, uh, it wasn't something that I was aware was going on in the house. I, I assume there's some sort of level of, of pettiness going on just because, listen, there's a bunch of people trying to date one person. Like there's going right. to be high emotions. But when you're starting rumors and and um, putting things out there that just have no fact uh, and, and things that can ruin people's lives. I mean, we saw what happened last year when you just say things without any merit or meaning. Um, it, it's, it's horrible and it can lead to, to horrible things. And I wasn't, it's not something that I would want to be part of the narrative of, of, of me trying to find someone and, and them right. trying to court me. So you got to put a stop to it. And, uh, and it's frustrating when you're trying to give someone a chance to, 
be accountable and, and, and take accountability and they don't, it, you're just not seeing eye to eye and then right. it makes it easy for you. You know, uh, it makes that decision easy at the end of the night. I'm not going to ask you if they gave you Victoria's scripts before the scenes or <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I don't want to put you in the uncomfortable position of explaining what kind of acting back. Is she Strasburg? Is she more method act? Like what is, she, what's her, I just, I'm not going to, I don't want to put you in that position. So we'll move on. Um, were you allowed to talk to your mom during the filming and what did you talk to her about? Um, I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't really talk to anybody. She came up before the first night and we had like a three hour conversation just about uh, what she wanted from me and things that happened in her relationship with my dad that she wanted to make sure that I was cognizant of. Um, I hadn't seen my mom since before quarantine because I had left to go on the bachelorette. And then I came immediately down to Florida to quarantine. So it had been almost a year since I'd seen her when oh, I wow. saw her up in, in Nemecolon. Uh, but yeah, I have, I have a conversation with her then. And then she comes back towards the end. So uh, that was just, it was nice because I had been navigating the circumstances and these sticky situations by myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you rely on people who uh, you respect when you're going through something difficult and my mom and my best friends would be people that I bounce ideas off of. So having her there to, to hear me out on things was nice. Yeah. Instead, you've got a producer who's like, no, no, no. I think you should probably just go in and then have them fist fight each other for it. <laughs> I think that's usually the way these things are handled. Um, you know, yeah. you met, <laughs> listen, <Heat> it up. <laughs> um, okay. Couple quick ones. What's your favorite part of staying at that resort? It looks gorgeous. I've never even heard of it. It, the people, the people couldn't be nicer. They're just first class and they treat you like any other Pennsylvanian. And they, I, I lived in Pittsburgh for a number of years and I felt like I was back home. So that just service and that type of interaction with people having been isolated for so long. Right. Fun. Yeah. I'm getting jealous. Okay. Stop talking. I haven't gone on vacation <laughs> in like a year and a half. Um, why doesn't anyone eat on the show? I know they get asked that all the time, but like, do you throw the food out? Do you box it up and eat it at home? What do we do here? There, I've never eaten more on the show. <laughs> I've, I saw you eat on the picnic and I was so proud of you. I and always... I just want people to eat on the show. <laughs> you picked that up. I was, I was crushing yes. on the, yeah, no, yes. that's funny. The, so there's no rules against eating, uh, but what I feel were? like people are so <laughs> on edge and so like, like, like wanting to make sure they say all the right things that they're not going to be like trying to tell me their life stories or like cutting up a steak. Um, yeah. But they, they give you time before and after to eat their snacks all over the place. Like they, they take care of us. All right. Uh, what's the weirdest fan interaction? I know you're not interacting with humans that often, but what's uh, like, it could be even social. Weirdest fan interaction was a lady that flew to where we were staying in Jupiter, Florida from Hawaii and broke into our house. Tyler told me about this on the podcast. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's yeah. too bad. That's yeah, that not, was that was wild. Not, not great. Okay, so quick aside, what we're talking about here, we'll get back to the interview, but when Matt's friend, Tyler Cameron, was on the show a couple months ago, he actually talked about this woman who showed up at their house out of the blue. So uh, here's how that went. What's the weirdest fan letter or message or uh, DM sliding that you've gotten? Well, I just had a fan show up at my house. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they flew from <laughs> they, they flew from Hawaii. Wait, 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 wait. Like during the quarantine time? Yeah, they thought they were moving in. They they brought their they brought a suitcase and and their dog. 
What? So that was that was God? the wildest. That was the wildest thing that has happened so far. Okay, so uh, is there a restraining order at this point? Um, we, we we ended up having yeah had had to get her out of there. We didn't put a restraining oh. order on it like that. You know, I, I don't think she, you know we were able to you know at the time kind of laugh it off because she was harmless. She was a, just a nice lady, you know. Um, but it could have been someone that was, you know, could have been dangerous, could have been something way more. So it's, you know, it's, it was definitely, it was very eye opening and kind of made us really think about what we were doing and how we were doing it. Yeah. And so, uh, if, if someone were to able to just pull up and show up at my house, you know, so it definitely that, kind of shook us a little bit. Was that from like TikTok or something they could pinpoint it or you weren't being careful about your address? Well, well, yeah, well, paparazzi's were here or taking photos outside of our house. Oh, okay. And uh, and then that kind of went viral, and then um, and then people started doing drive-bys and started doing TikToks about our place, and then and then it just escalated to that. Someone's showing up here. Yeah, man, that's scary though. I mean, you're lucky you got a nice, well-meaning person. Although to be to be as gentle as possible if you show up with a dog and a suitcase and fly during a global pandemic probably things aren't all together right yeah exactly right. so so it's it's sad on her you know on her and i hope she gets the help she needs and yeah but and definitely you know it, it kind of was eye-opening for all of us you know we learned from that situation and uh you know i hope she's you know is okay okay back to the interview what about the coolest famous person to reach out to you about the show? Um, one, uh, um, one of the, one of the kids from stranger things. He, uh, nice. and I love stranger things. He sent me a message. He's like, Hey, like one of my friends is whatever. So I sent like a funny video. Um, but that was cool just because yeah, stranger things is obviously one of my, one of the best shows on television. No, I, I love it. I love it. That's like that's my speed. So when he reached out, I was stoked. But that was that was I thought awesome. you might say Dan Orlovsky. He's gonna be hurt. He's been just pumping your tires this whole time. He's gonna be bummed about that. Uh what about you getting you didn't sports people reaching out, either friends that you used to play around or or just folks that think it's cool to have a, a former footballer? A, a bunch of guys in sports, uh and, and women. I uh one of my one of my friends, Sabrina, uh I I had uh I have constant banter with. Um who's recovering right now. Um, the Erica Hamby who plays. Yeah. Is, um, a bunch of, uh, when you, when you, when you play collegiate sports, you have friends that continue on who are much better than you. Uh, and a I lot of the them, feeling. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, good luck in the Olympics. I'll be over here watching. You know? <laughs> right. So just a lot of that, like they're, yeah. they're, they'll send funny videos like, yo, I can't believe your eyes are open. Like you're an idiot. Stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you keep bringing time. that up. You keep bringing that up. And I get the feeling you're very sensitive about people commenting on, I assume this is while you're kissing. No, I think it's funny. I, I, um, <laughs> and it's, and I bring it up because I get messages about it every day. Yeah. I so bet. I, I, can't, I can't, I can't escape it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, are we going to get at the end of this, the most dramatic finish ever, a twist you'll never believe? Are we going to, is Chris Harrison going to spin it that way? Or are we just going to get a normal, like couple people are left and then something happens, good or bad kind of vibe? There's definitely going to be some drama. Oh man. I feel, you seem like a nice boy. I feel bad for you. It's already been too much drama. <laughs> it's, it's too much already. 
We'll get right back to the interview. But first, I'd like a word. What's your favorite word? Probably bro. Because I'm always like, bro, 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 bro. Like I say it too much, but like, I don't like that that's my favorite word, but I say it so much that I'm like, bro, like it's, that's my favorite word probably. Okay, bruh. I think he said bro, so I won't, I won't use the option of bruh, U-H, which is one of my favorite words. Uh, But we know this word, obviously, it's a sort of abbreviation of brother. And the abbreviation dates back to the 1660s. But the original idea in the English language of a brother, a male relative of someone in the same industry, is back in the 14th century. Um, I was actually recently asked about a sort of etymological question about the word bro. Someone asked me if a female bro would be a bra. And no, because, you know, a bra holds up your boobs, but also bra outside of the context of your boobs is more surfer vibes to me. Um, so I actually go with lady bro. I do it, you know, sort of ironically. I don't think that there is a real version of a lady bro, kind of like girls aren't really douches. I think a whole different quality for women of acting douche-like, but it's just not the same. It's impossible to be a girl and be a douche. Um, same with, you can't really be a bro, but you can be a lady bro. And I don't think there's any reliable source of etymology for lady bros. So that's all I got on that one. Speaking of great words. You gonna learn today. The word of the week is disconsolate. And it comes from my Moira Rose calendar, which is full of Moira verbiage, like chin wag or dirigible or encumber. And I picked disconsolate, which means without consolation or comfort unhappy because that was me yesterday. I was disconsolate that my February, which was February 1st yesterday as of time of this recording, uh, began with me getting a flat tire, leaving my credit card in the bathroom at Party City, uh, going to a store, realizing I didn't have a credit card, having to pay with cash, going to another store where they said they were taking cash again, but then realized they really hadn't set up their system to do so. And then just gave me my coffee for free because I didn't have a card again in the bathroom at Party City. Coming home from all of this after my husband had to take an Uber 25 minutes away to help me change said tire. And by help, I mean, just do it all together because I don't know how to change a tire uh, to, to my dog who made a weird noise and then proceeded to puke two giant pools of shit vomit all over my brand new white rug, uh, which was on sale, but was only a month old. And shit vomit is when a dog poops somewhere, presumably in the house, tries to cover their tracks, eats it, and then pukes it up. Uh, so we just rolled up the rug and threw it in the alley because <laughs> uh, I just couldn't. Uh, after that day, I just, I didn't have it in my soul to clean up any shit vomit and try to save the carpet. Uh, so I just bought another rug and threw it out. Uh, cause that was the kind of day I had. And I was a uh, disconsolate to begin my February, 2021 like that. And that is how it is used in a sentence. I was disconsolate to begin my February with a flat tire, a lost credit card and shit vomit. Uh, but today's been better. I got to talk to the bachelor. So let's get back to the interview. All right. Before I let you go, you have to do the one thing that everybody does and nobody expects. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. It's a speed round called the Spanish Inquisition. Number one, your current career, which I guess is as bachelor, is canceled. What job do you do instead? So I'm actually in commercial real estate. So I'm just going to go back to commercial real estate. Okay, and... that's canceled. What oh, do you do canceled. instead? Oh, I, I start a hydroponic farm. Oh, cool. I just got some of those for my mom for Christmas. You got, a, really... you got a farm stand? 
Um, they're from, uh, they're called Rise Gardens here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah they, they seem awesome. really cool. Awesome. Uh, number two, what's the most scared you've ever been? Uh, the most scared I've ever been was probably when I went free diving. I went spearfishing with Tyler and I was so deep that I didn't think I was going to make it back up to the surface. And as I'm, as I'm ascending, I see a, a reef shark. So, Oh, cool. That's, yeah. that's no big deal. Uh, number three, you can be the best in the world at anything for one day. What is it? Hmm. Probably, dang, that's a great question. Best at the world for one day, probably blackjack player. I just go to Vegas and run it up. Nice. Yeah. Uh, number four, what current celebrity, politics, music, TV, whatever, would you most like to be your best friend? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. I'm gonna have to go with AOC. She was on, um, I saw her on Twitch playing Among Us. Like she seems dope. Yeah. Yeah. And she just put out a really powerful video. I saw that. I saw yeah. That. Really impressive. Uh, brave. Uh, number five, what's your biggest, mostly meaningless pet peeve? Uh, biggest pet peeve that makes my skin crawl is let's say that this was like a plate right here. Uh -huh. and you just finished eating like, a cookie and there's a crumb on there and you put your thumb on it and you <laughs> eat it, like I would run out of the room. Like when people pick up crumbs and eat yeah. it with their fingers, like that not just your thing. Freaks me so, out. Sometimes my husband like drinks the sauce that's left on his plate from a meal. Oh, and I, I get really mad at him about there. it. That's yeah, like the, it's oh, not great. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to do that to you. That's the same reaction I have. <laughs> uh number six, what's the most embarrassed you've ever been? Uh, the most embarrassed I've ever been was when I was in calculus class uh, as a freshman at Wake Forest, and I forgot to put my name on the test, and it, I think I got like a 24, and um, she holds up this test. She's like, did anybody not get their test back? And like, there's no <laughs> test in front of me, and she's like, could you pass that back to Matt? And oh, no. Just, my test and I'm just like <laughs> looking at your score. I am an idiot yeah oh. number seven what's the thing about yourself you'd most like to improve uh I I overcommit. you know I, I try to people please I tell everybody I could be places and I just end up disappointing more people than I please that is a good one number eight any band alive or dead can play your next party who is it um any band Mm. Or just I musician. Would, I would go like mid nineties, Lauren Hill. Ooh. Okay. She's going to be 11 hours late. Is that okay? You know what? <laughs> You're hilarious for that. <laughs> Second, when I was living in Pittsburgh, went to a Lauren Hill concert. She was five hours late. Yeah. Everyone was gone. There was 10 people there. <laughs> she put on a concert for everybody who was in the front row for oh, like an man. hour and a half. It was it was one of the best concerts I ever went to. Worth the wait. Worth the wait. Uh, number nine, what would you consider your biggest failure? Not bringing more people with me uh, out of my community. You know, okay. like you got time. You're working yeah. on it. And finally, what three words would you most hope people would use to describe you? Honest, brave, kind. Good ones. Sorry I rushed you through this. We didn't have much time. You're All fantastic. Good. You nailed it. I'm so glad Victoria's gone. Good luck. <laughs>
those women in the house are amazing. Like they really like they picked They're a awesome. good bunch for you. You're lucky. Yeah. I don't even swing that way, but I considered it for a couple of them. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you, That's what she said. Oh, yeah. One more thing. So this week on One More Thing, where I kind of rant and rave about anything and, and everything and sometimes complain, sometimes extol the virtues of something, sometimes tell you a story you should read or something you should watch. Well, today, this week, it's it's that's what she saw and that's what she read. If you haven't yet, Matt and I talked about the video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and you should watch it. Um, she had about 150,000 people watching live on her Insta and Twitch, I think, uh, while she talked about in detail what it was like uh, to be at the U.S. Capitol during the insurrection, um, how she truly thought she was going to die. She hid in her office's bathroom and then ran to go um, sequester herself with other lawmakers and ended up being there for hours on two different occasions separately during that that incident. She she did think she was going to die. She even said while she was crying on the Instagram video, I really just felt like if this is the plan for me, then people will be able to take it from here. I had fulfilled my purpose. And she offered up that she was a, a had been a victim of sexual assault previously and that the trauma upon trauma that somebody who's been through something like that before experiences in a moment like what we saw from afar at the Capitol, um, how that can deeply affect you. And she called out the folks who are trying to downplay the seriousness of the riot, who are trying to silence her and others as they speak honestly about what it was like to go through that. And I would recommend that you watch it. I would recommend that you read about some of the reactions that people have had to her and to others who are trying to ask for true accountability uh, for what went down that day. And I would also suggest a story that I wrote a couple years ago on ESPNW about victim blaming. The title, if you want to look it up, is called Why We Victim Blame and Why Larry Nasser Shows We Shouldn't. It was inspired by Larry Nasser, the sexual abuser who had countless victims from USA Gymnastics and Michigan State. Uh, but it was a larger piece back in 2018 about trying to get to understand why we would ever look at someone who's fallen prey to evil and try to find a way to accuse them of causing that whether it's what they were wearing or how much they drank or anything else, that doesn't seem like a human response to finding that someone has been victimized. So I wanted to better understand why we would do that. And there's some really interesting information from experts about the just world ideology, the idea that if it will feel better to go through life if you believe that good people can't have bad things happen to them, that they must have somehow caused it. Uh, the way that we want to put ideal victims, you know, a nun, right? Versus someone who's deserving, which could be a demographic that society doesn't value as much or um, any behavior that you want to be able to blame it on. Anyway, I found it to be really interesting to research that story and to apply that to stories going forward when you hear of an accusation or an incident, uh, whether that be the people being uh, victimized by the harassment in the Mets organization, which now we've found is, is from manager to GM and who knows where else, or to people who are physically uh, affected by assault and victimization. So I'd recommend reading it, especially if you're someone who doesn't understand the way that society has sort of walked you into blaming people for these things. If you're curious why your brain looks for ways to point the finger, um, it's it's the first step to sort of not doing that anymore is to understand why we've been predisposed to do that and why over time society has sort of 
gotten used to that. Uh, it's called Why We Victim Blame and Why Larry Nasser Shows We Shouldn't. It's on ESPNW.com by yours truly. And I would watch the video of AOC. And I don't know that there's a lot of you listening to this that need me to say this, but regardless of how you feel about the political side of this, I think you can understand uh, the fear that she is expressing there and why there is such a need for accountability there. That's what she saw and read. You can always tweet me at Sarah Spain if you've got guest suggestions or questions or more. And you should always go to the iTunes or podcast app. Subscribe to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Rate it five stars. Give a review. Leave me a dilemma in your review if you want, and I'll solve it on the pod. Thanks, as always, for lasting about an hour with me. That's what she said. <laughs>